0: Good morning listeners and welcome to another episode of Real World Talks with Lourdes, Natalie and Kathy. Good morning ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Today's guest for our podcast is Ernisha Randolph who is actually the founder of Sweet Butter Hospitality Group and they are a multi-conceptual hospitality group that manages, develops and features portfolio of various brands. Hi Ernisha. Hi. Hi, Lourdes. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is such an honor having you. And it's a pleasure being here. So, Ernisha, for our listeners, um, please go ahead and introduce yourself and go ahead and um, explain a little bit about what led you to become the founder of Sweet Butter Hospitality Group.
1: Sure. So, um, I'm Ernisha, and... I am the founder of Sweet Butter Hospitality Group. We we host a conglomerate of companies under our umbrella. Um, I actually got started um, in the hospitality industry um, way back <laughs> when I started a catering company with my grandmother. Um, that catering company was Juanita's Kitchen and it was actually birthed out of pain. We had just lost my mom and my great grandmother, which is my grandmother's mo- mom. Uh, two months apart. And my grandma's like, you know what, I'm going to retire. And that's going to be it. Like, you know, I don't know where I'm going to go and where I'm going to end up. But you know, she, seeing it from her point of view, she had been taking care of both my mom and her mom, who my mom was battling breast cancer. Her mom was, uh, struggling with Alzheimer's and this has been for several years. So she was lost and, you know, really didn't know much of what to do. So, um, my husband and I came up with the idea, like, we got to keep grandma here. I just lost my mom, had to take in my teenage uh, siblings, um, a sister and a brother who were just, hitting high school I was just 21 years old and I'm like yeah I can't lose my grandma too so um we decided hey the family's been cooking forever you've been doing dinner sales cooking for church members for free how about we start a catering business Um, she's like, yep, but I'll only help you for so long. And then that's it for me. Uh, long story short, she ended up, she, it's hard to get her out of the kitchen right now. (laughs) So, um, that's how we got started in catering years later. Our clients are like, listen, we need more access to the food. Um, I will admit that I was not interested in starting a restaurant at all. I was very comfortable with catering. You know, when to turn your lights on and when to run your gas and have to wait on customers to come the door. If it's raining, you know, you won't have to worry about having a delay of clients or if there's a a hurricane, you're closed for weeks. You know, I I didn't want those those struggles. So after some convincing from a couple of mentors of mine, I decided, you know what, let me look into it and let me figure out how I can foolproof the process. So um, we started hosting pop-up dinner shows called Sweet Butter. And these pop-up dinner shows were specifically to test the market, test the the restaurant market menus, um, build a clientele before opening so that I didn't have those worries (laughs) about who's going to come through the doors. Um, And it worked. We expected about 75 people to pop to show up to the first pop-up. And there was a line down the street and over a thousand people. Um, And then each pop-up thereafter followed in the same pattern so i'm like listen maybe we got something here you know maybe all of our customers are right and you know this is what we need to do a year later we opened up the restaurant and it's been great since
2: arneisha thank you so much uh, for that amazing and beautiful i would say history of how the company started um and i know that you know you're an entrepreneur you've seen how it is out there you know starting out your own business and we have a lot of our students that you know, they say, that's the route that I wanna go into. So could you provide us with like a couple or at least five tips that you would give to students and alumni who wanna go down a similar career path or even just you know, be an entrepreneur?
1: Absolutely. Um, some tips that I would have is, uh, I would say the, one of the most important is to start something now. I was a student right there at FIU in hospitality management when um, I started the catering company. And um, a lot of times we figure we have to wait until the time is right for everything like I have to graduate and then I'll you know start working for someone and and you know uh, intern somewhere and you know learn from someone else and we have these long goals that we set for ourselves and we're constantly deferring our dreams when the reality is a majority of entrepreneurs who are successful you know majority of them didn't even go to college you know and um, for those That did they were working on their businesses while in school. So my first tip would be to start something now. Uh, the second would be to learn from everyone everywhere. The the world is your educational institution, and everyone is a teacher. And a lot of times we like to go and make our own mistakes, you know. Sometimes, especially if you're like a rebellious child, if you were a rebellious child, you're like, no, I'm gonna see for myself. No, 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 no. We gotta kick that to the side and learn from every everyone. Uh, learn from their mistakes, and then make sure that we make the correct mistakes, and it'll help us to move faster, which leads me to number three, to move fast, and take all the calculated risks that you can now, so a lot of older people uh, used to tell me, slow down, make sure you map everything out, you know, and which is true, you want to make sure that all of your risks are calculated, however, you don't want to allow that, you know, slow down and calculate to turn into calculate, calculate, recalculate and trying to figure everything out because it slows, slows down your path and the older you get, you're naturally gonna slow down. So while you really have nothing to lose, just do it. And then um, I would also say to stop overthinking and overcomplicating things. Um, You know, that's one thing I can do, honey. I will think, 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 and I will make things so difficult. And, you know, I got to do it this way and do it that way. And sometimes you just have to do it. And then uh, last, I would say network, 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 network. Um, It's definitely who you know. We hear that all the time, but it's not until you meet people that literally have the power to change your life. Um, you have, you meet people that have the power to take you from, uh, you know, a five year, uh, long road to five minutes that you realize the power of networking, meeting people, building relationships and, um, and really just, you know, making those meaningful connections.
3: Awesome. What great advice, Anisha. Thank you for sharing that. So considering a lot of us always learn from our career mistakes or mistakes in general in our personal life so I wanted to know what career mistake has given you the biggest lesson
1: Hmm, I would say probably doubting myself and my abilities I think that everyone has genius in them and um, most times it's an undiscovered genius. And it, and also most times people have been telling you forever, like you're really good at this or you're really smart in this area. And, you know, because of so much self-doubt, we literally don't even hear it. So um, doubting myself and my abilities have, have definitely been um, a huge career mistake because had I known that, you know, I was as, um, as, Amazing as everyone has been telling me forever. And it's like it's even crazy repeating it back because you kind of get that intimidation factor, like, oh, you need to calm down. But whatever it is that they've been telling me for a long time, had I known that, I would have been more confident in a lot of my decisions and I would have just went for it. So um, you know, it definitely made me intimidated and it helped me back in in a lot of ways, not realizing my own genius and um and just how amazing that I was.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, Arnisha. for sure. Um, So my question for you is, um, our office in career development, our role is to kind of help guide and mentor students and reaching their career aspirations and goals, and with that comes interviewing tips. So um, my question for you would be, what would impress you the most when you are considering hiring someone?
1: Personality. That is the number, like, literally, I watch, I research, I, you know, I, I, I do all the digging that I can do prior to, to formally meeting someone. And then I definitely, I, I watch, I ask questions that will trigger certain responses from, um, from their their personality, the real them. I would say I hire more for personality than I do for skill. I think that skills can be taught. And I think that um, personality is that's who you are. And, um, and that's something that's really, really difficult to to teach. And when you have a great personality um, and you're willing to learn the skill and you're willing to do whatever it takes, then you have yourself a really great hire you have a really great hire. You can pay someone, you can send them to school, send them to trainings and, and allow them to obtain the knowledge that's necessary to fulfill the position. But personality is something that will literally change a whole atmosphere and it will end up um, completely like distracting everyone in the whole, in the whole office or in the, within the atmosphere. Mm,
3: definitely. Personality is key. And I see, I know that your team has a wonderful, positive and helpful personality in general. So you want people who come on board to your company to match you guys' personality. So I definitely get that. So Arnisha, my question is, what sets Sweet Sweet Butter Hospitality Group apart from other companies?
1: I would say, um, it's probably our culture. So, um, and that's something that I would say we we began working on even in, in the days of catering. So um, one thing that um, we would tell all of our clients when, you know, we were just the young new kids on the block and there were all of these huge, super huge and large catering companies around and, you know, we're we're fighting for for their business. And the one thing that was consistent that I noticed that I I didn't even notice about us is everyone's like, they're always so happy and they they smile and it's just so easy to work with them. Everyone would talk about how easy it is to work with us and how we make things so easy. And after a while, I was like, well, what the... I don't understand, what does everyone else do? <laughs> like, you know, and they're like, well, if I, I, for example, I needed a tablecloth, it, it was an emergency and you're like, don't worry, I'll have someone bring it from the office. And I'm like, well, you know, that's just being helpful. So um, once I started um, digging into who we were and the things that everyone loved about us and um, that they complained about everyone else, I started realizing in South Florida, we really had um this this attitude of um and it it wasn't of service right so um for example when i was in college i was in the disney program i went away to to orlando florida i was in the the disney program there the college program and they were really, really strict when it comes down to um, their company culture. Um, it was everything for Disney to be the happiest place on earth and you had to fall in line. You weren't a staff, you were a cast member. And when you're, when you're on the set, you literally had to make everyone be your guest. So I came back to Miami with you know this, this thought process that that's what hospitality and service is all about. And then when I started paying attention to what some of those other, uh, some of the clients were saying about us, I'm like, okay, that's the missing link here. In South Florida, we really aren't treating people like they're our guests. We aren't treating them, um, you know, with, with that hospitality or in in our company that southern hospitality if we were at an event uh, a banquet you know the servers they barely spoke to you (laughs) they came around they dropped your food they kept it moving and um and that's just not or it shouldn't be the norm you know the norm should be to greet people with a smile so i would say that um that's definitely what sets us apart the the culture that we built for our company and, and that's something i'm very serious about
2: Thank you, Anisha, so much for um, talking about that and the difference between you know, your company and others. And I, it was funny, you're talking about the DCP program. I'm like, she has been Disney-fied. That's what I call <laughs> anybody who's worked for Disney. I had a, a coworker and she would like say these things. She's like, oh my God, that's just my Disney. And I'm like, yeah, you've been Disney-fied. So I'm glad that you talked about that because we do tell our students, you know, it's a DNA that you have to have. You have to have that joy um, of wanting to provide genuine service you know, to guests. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Now, obviously, in the last couple of months, besides the pandemic that we've all been, you know, enduring and and really dealing with, there's been a lot of, you know, major um, things going on with the injustice, you know, starting with George Floyd, and then we were still fighting for Breonna Taylor, and we see that a lot of companies are trying to do these initiatives to really make sure that they are showing diversity and inclusion within their companies, so as a young Black entrepreneur, what are your thoughts about on representation and the current movement of having diversity, inclusion, and equity initiatives within businesses.
1: So I think um, I think it's absolutely necessary, and um, I honestly think that it's more so necessary for the corporations than for the individuals. A lot of times when we think of diversity and inclusion, it's like we need to include this group of people, you know, because that's what's important. And I think um, from a corporate standpoint. Um, I think that, you know, uh, the viewpoints sh- should change. So when you think about it, when minorities don't have a space in the workforce, they end up creating one and they end up becoming a force to be reckoned with. I've seen it time and time again. They end up becoming the competition. Um, they become, um, they, be- they definitely become competition for major corporations and corporations need amazing talent in order to grow and, and to compete. Um, However, because they've been excluding certain groups of people, you know, they end up creating something else um, that competes with their personal structure. So it's only through diversity in thought that companies grow. Um, I think it's time that we also start addressing times, and I think this will be really, really helpful for um, the conversation on diversity and inclusion. We need to start addressing the times when hiring diverse talent has become the lifeline of companies. And once we start doing that, I think that um, this conversation will begin to change and corporations will begin to, to see the value Um, in hiring diverse talent. Like it literally can end up saving the company. Um, Like I'm not sure if you all are familiar with um, Bazomba St. John. Um, She's now the CMO of Netflix. She also went and saved the day with Uber. She also went, and I mean, I I can go down from her starting with her work with Endeavor, um, but she is a force to be reckoned with. I can only imagine um, what she would be doing had those companies not, um, I mean, in some cases, some might say that they, their hands were forced, you know, to, to bring her on, um, or because of her, her celebrity influence. Um, but had they not brought her on and she ended up becoming, um, a competitive force, you know, I can only imagine where those companies would be today. So I think it's absolutely, um, necessary.
0: Thank you so much for sharing, Nisha. I agree with you a hundred percent diversity and inclusion is so important to have, um, within an organization. Um, so can you share a memorable catering event that your company held and why it was so memorable?
1: Hmm. We've catered so many events. Um, we've catered the mayor's wedding, uh, state of city events. Um, we've catered jazz in the gardens, uh, Huge 4th of July event with, you know, for 10,000 people. Um, I would say the most memorable um, had to have been an uh, an event actually that we did for free. <laughs> it, it wasn't even a, a paid catering um, event. Um, it's probably when we cater to um, the recovery center, the rescue mission. I'm not sure if you all are familiar with them. Um, they're located right over in Wynwood. Um, but I l- absolutely love doing things with purpose. Um, that's just who I am on, you know, that's, that's who my, my mom, my, my parents, my, my grandmother, that's who they raised us to be. So, um, we actually were, it, I think it was like chicken sandwich day, uh, the national chicken sandwich or national chicken and biscuits or something like that. And, um, and our PR agent at that time, Um, Suzanne McDowell, she's like, listen, how about you all go down to the rescue mission and, you know, and give them an experience on, on these biscuits and chicken and things like that. And we didn't hesitate. And we went there and it's just something about doing, doing things for people who can't do much back for you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just something about it. And I, I I still remember it. And that was several years ago. Wow.
3: Definitely a touching and very memorable moment. Um, thank you for sharing that. So this year has definitely been an eventful and interesting year, to say the least. And I know a lot of people are looking forward to the new years that is coming up. And some people resolutions will be like slightly different from years or past before. So I wanted to know, what is your new year's resolution?
1: COVID took a hit on me. So my New Year's resolution (laughs) resolution is to lose this COVID weight. I mean, it (laughs) is serious. I absolutely have to do it. But um, my resolution for business, I would say, is to 10x all of our businesses. So um, we have a lot of projects on the table right now. Um, Even a reality show um, on the horizon. So we just released the trailer Ah. for that. and. And we also are in the process of getting a second location for the restaurant. So my goal is to, it's like if you survive COVID, you can survive anything. It's time to run. (laughs) It is is most definitely not the time to, you know, to sit and just act like life is just going to be great all the time. I don't think in a million years I ever would have um, suspected something like COVID to happen. We were preparing for in case there's another recession or War, or I mean all of these things that have been happening forever, and then this pandemic came, and it's like whoever imagined we'd be walking around with masks. So um if there's one thing that COVID taught me, it's that you know we definitely need to to move super fast, and if we can survive COVID, we can survive anything, so let's 10x these businesses.
2: Amen, amen, or. I believe 100% what you said, it's, if you can, we can survive COVID, we can definitely survive anything. Um, So just to, you know, end it, and this tends to be one of our um, guests, or one of our favorite questions to ask our guests, if you could have dinner with three people that are alive, who would they be and
1: why? Hmm. Um, dad, it would be my mom for obvious reasons, right? But I definitely needed to learn more from her and to ask her things that I couldn't ask after 21. It's like at 21 years old, that's the time when you you think you need your mom at 16 and 17. But, you know, once I got married, I got married a, a few months after she passed and, you know, raising children. And so, for obvious reasons, it would definitely be my mom. So much more I needed to learn from her. Um, and then I would also say um, there's a toss-up between Tyler, per- Tyler Perry and Jeff Bezos. Um, I just want to know, um, I-, I-, I can only imagine that they both are like an open book, right? In my head, like, that's just how I see them. From interviews, from, you know... Um, from things I read about them, I can just tell that they're an open book just like me. And I love um, their entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial insight on um, that wild make-ish happen type period that they both went through when they both fought for their empires. And then um, as a bonus, because that's technically three, but as a bonus, um, I would say um, Bazoma St. John. Um, the, the young lady that I mentioned earlier, um, I definitely, I would, I would just love a conversation with her. Um, and, and I think that that would be extremely inspiring.
3: Awesome, those were three, well, four great picks. Thank (laughs) you for sharing. (laughs) So that's the end of our interview portion of Real World Talks. Now we're just going to go into the game portion. Are you ready? It's called this or that okay <laughs> uh, so, so let me just explain um the directions a little bit for our audience for those who are not familiar with it so i will ask about 10 questions and provide two options for those questions and you arnisha will share which option you prefer more and it will have 10 seconds to answer each question are you ready i'm ready <laughs> okay number one um would you prefer to eat onions On every meal or to eat up to have pickles on every meal
1: onions especially if they're cooked Mm, okay
3: (laughs) next one right now do you prefer a bowl of creamy mac and cheese or a bowl of gravy with mashed potatoes
1: mashed potatoes and gravy I am mac and cheese out
3: (laughs) next one Dinner with Michelle Obama or lunch with Tyler Perry?
1: Oh gosh. Mhm. Okay. Well, since he was in my top 3 pick, I will say lunch with Tyler Perry, but I love Michelle Obama. Yes, okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Next one, camping with family or go to a one-day cruise on your own? Just your me time.
1: I would definitely choose family. I don't mean, I'm not a a, a strong, I need me time type person. So I would choose family. Perfect.
3: Batman or Spider-Man? Spider-Man. More time or more money? Ooh,
1: Mm -hmm. if I get more time, I can make more money. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect.
3: Good choice. Next one. Give up cheese forever or give up chocolate forever?
1: Chocolate can go. <laughs>
3: okay. We'll boot it. <laughs> Next one. Would you rather give up all drinks except for water or give up eating anything that was cooked in an oven?
1: All drinks except for water.
3: Okay. Next one. Would you rather have a rewind button or a pause button on your life?
1: Oh, oh my God. These questions are so good. <laughs> oh my gosh hmm, makes you know it what? <laughs> i would choose to, let's let's rewind if, if i can rewind then i could definitely make some more informed decisions and i w- there will be no need to pause okay good
3: choice and last one would you rather win the lottery or live twice as long
1: live twice as long for sure, for sure. Any day. <laughs>
3: awesome. So that's the end of our game portion. Thank you so much for joining us, Arnisha. Thanks for
0: having me. This was so much fun. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Arneesha. And for our listeners, tune in next week for another episode. Thank you so much again, Arnisha, for joining us. It was truly a pleasure.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure being here.